Welcome back, everybody, to the Chokesland Wrestling Report. I am your host, the Ultimate One, and I am here live from New York City on a Monday evening, and we're going to go through the Clash of the Champions pay-per-view that happened last night. We're going to go review it, uh, go through the matches, and give you my feedback on each match. Um, We're going to start off, um, I'm not going to really talk about the Cruiserweight title match. Because, I mean, they had Linson Numerado versus Humberto Carrillo versus Drew Gulak. And then the Gulak was the champion. And this match pretty much, uh, a lot of high-flying maneuvers in the whole night. But, you know, Gulak came up on top after he hoisted a charging the ride into a drop kick on Carrillo while sitting at top of the ropes. The ride tried for a shooting star press but missed. And Carrillo answered with an Aztec press, but Gulak tossed him onto the floor and scored a roll-up for the successful title defense. Um, and this was on the kickoff show. And the next one, they pretty much pissed me off. And I'm going to tell you why it pissed me off. It was a United States Championship match between Cedric Alexander versus AJ Styles. My question to this is why in the blue hell do you have your United States Champion in the kickoff show? Especially with uh, his opponent, Cedric Alexander, who is a very good wrestler and could hang with AJ Styles. But WWE decided to go and put this match in the kickoff show. Don't know why. It makes no sense. Yet they put the women's tag team match, which was put a crap, full of crap, to be honest. And we'll get to that later on. But that match was not supposed to be in the kickoff show. Um, AJ and Cedric went after each other, uh, but pretty much AJ controlled most of the match. Everybody's saying that Cedric Alexander got buried in this match, which pretty much I do believe that because if you have high hopes for a guy who pinned AJ in a 10-match tag last week, all of a sudden y'all two are wrestling each other at the kickoff show, it's pretty much, uh, it's kind of like, let me bury your career because you are not allowed to hang with AJ Styles, so we'll put you in the kickoff shop. And after that, AJ ended up beating him. And then after the match, you have Gallows and Anderson beat the crap out of him and leaving him lean with everybody talking about that. Pretty much, um, Cedric Alexander got buried in that match. So I don't understand it. WWE doing things backwards, and this is why I say that I don't think nothing's going to change from here to October. Um, Cedric Alexander, this guy, he he's, was a Ring of Honor before, great wrestler. Apparently, WWE invited him to the Cruiserweight tournament a couple of years ago, and it, uh, Triple H was very high on him. This is what it has resulted for the last three years. Him being the kickoff show, getting defeated by AJ Styles, and then getting beat up by the OCs after the match, after he already got defeated. So, stuff like that, it just got me bugging out here. So, you know. So the show started off with the Raw Tag Team Championship match between Seth Rollins and Ron Strowman versus Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Now this was a good match, but of course the hot tag at the end, Braun Strowman came in doing his power moves and the whole nine. Um, Seth Rollins of course came in, tagged himself in the ring, and at one point uh, Braun Strowman came and started charged at Bobby Roode, which he bumped into Seth Rollins ended up Seth Rollins getting the glorious DDT and Strowman and Rollins ended up losing the tag team belts but we knew that was going to happen because 
we know that Rollins was not going to be um, defending both belts at the same time. We set up their match until the end of the night. Um, my thoughts about this match, meaningless. It was meaningless a couple of weeks ago when they won the title. It was meaningless by putting Bobby Roode and Ziggler together just out of the, out of the get. Just putting two guys who pretty much been, one guy's been in the back and uh, in the catering and the other one complaining. Told me it should have been me. Game title matches, world title matches, I don't understand. For a guy like Ziggler, who has been losing so many matches, lost to Goldberg in a matter, I think, in three minutes, and now you're a WWE Tag Team Royal Champion, it makes no sense to me. It does not make no sense to me. And uh, the match right after that was the Charlotte Flair versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This kind of threw me off because I had Charlotte beating Bailey. In this match, um, Charlotte pretty much controlled the match. Uh, the only thing that just burns me up is if you put in Bailey as a heel, why is she still coming out with the little pop-ups? I'm a hugger. Why have you not changed her gimmick? Or are you just too lazy to do that? Nobody's gonna boo her. People still love her. Still, people are still liking her, especially now that she's teaming up with Sasha Banks. Makes no sense, but. This match kind of surprised me because I thought Charlotte Flair was going to win because it was in Charlotte, North Carolina, our hometown. Well, apparently WWE had other ideas and Charlotte lost the match because uh, Bailey, while she was on the floor, she was in the corner, she exposed the corner, ran Charlotte Flair head straight into the exposed buckle and Bailey won the match and ran out with the title. It was something that kind of shocked me because I thought that Charlotte was going to win being that you know, WWE always have their, you know, their, um, their blonde agenda. Well, apparently, most likely, it's going to be another match between these two, and Charlotte is going to end up winning the SmackDown Women's title. Um, and the next match right after that was the New Day versus The Revival. I really didn't care much for this match. I knew that um, um, Xavier Woods and, um, I forgot the other guy's name, um, we're gonna lose the belts because they pretty much, um, I don't know, the Revival, did, I don't understand how the Revival got a title shot against, against New Day. When New Day's for SmackDown, Revival's for Raw, but at the end of the day, um, Xavier Woods got caught with some, uh, some backwards figure four leg lock, tapped out, and the Revival's on the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I don't understand how this works. I thought the wildcard rule was over. Apparently, it is not. Because now, you have a Royal Tag Team who just won the SmackDown Tag Team title. So, I guess when they do the, the draft in in um, October, I guess we're probably going to SmackDown. You know? Uh, Randy Orton. You know? So, it's mainly, I don't understand. This Clash of the Champions was... With the tag team thing was, I don't know, it make no sense to me. But Revivors again, World Tag Team Tag Team Champions. I think this is the third ring, the first ring at SmackDown Champions. I don't know. It just Biggie, um, uh, Biggie didn't do much in this match. I'm just, I don't know. Maybe who knows? Maybe this is a setup when now Xavier Woods and Big E would be um, turn on on Kofi Kingston and make him lose the belt. Who knows? That could, you know, this. This can happen. Who knows? But uh, because now they're not tag team champions. Um, 
the next match after that was the women's sack title match that I was talking about in the beginning of this podcast, and it was the um, the Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss looking like Haley Quinn versus Fire and Desire, um, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. This match, I don't understand it again. Garbage. Who cares? They, they, they added a 24/7 gimmick in there. I don't know why. Just makes no sense to me. It's stupidity at its best. Uh, I don't know. And this was worthless. This match should not have been in the show. This should have been the kickoff show. This should have been the AJ and the Cedric Alexander match in this spot. Not this crowd. It's garbage. This is garbage. I mean, uh, at the end, Bliss and Nikki Cross ended up pinning. Actually, Nikki Cross was end up. Pinning, I believe, was Sonya Deville, and they have retained the women's side team titles, which I really don't care, to be honest. We'll be right back after this. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimal listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we're back. So we're continuing on with the class of the champions. Um, So we're going to go into the Intercontinental Championship match. Between the Miz and Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, this match pretty much was very annoying because uh, Sami Zayn was on the mic talking crap. It was just like you can't focus on a match when a guy's outside with a microphone talking crap and making I don't know. Maybe some of you guys liked it. I didn't. Uh, it was just worthless. I mean, the Miz. The Miz babyface uh, run is just ridiculous. I like the Miz when he's up. He's a he's a heel. He's a he, he's an asshole. You know what I'm saying? He's doing things that gets you annoyed. You really want him to get beaten. But this Miz has been going on since I think the beginning since last year. I think it's gonna be a year. It's not the Miz that I like watching. Nakamura, Nakamura, it's a better wrestling than this. WWE just have him there. I guess he doesn't care about. In his wrestling career as far as WWE as long as he's getting paid he ain't got to move back to Japan I mean I like the Shinsuke Nakamura that was in New Japan Pro Wrestling and when he first got came to NXT WWE now they got him coming in with capes and wrestling with a whole full gear I, I, I don't know maybe he just doesn't care but in this match Nakamura ended up retaining the belt because um, Sami Zayn kept interfering and he gave him a Kinshasa beating Mr. Miz. Um, and the next match right after that was the uh, Royal Women's Championship match. I think that match was pretty good. These women brought all over the place. Um, there was a lot of submission moves. Um, I think this was the match that stole the whole show. Um, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks show the animosity that they've been having the last couple of weeks. Uh, but it ended up being a disqualification on Becky Lynch because she used the chair on Sasha Banks. That this is not gonna stay like the way it is. I thought uh, Sasha Banks will end up being Becky for the world title and backwards with Bailey losing to Charlotte, but I guess that's not the, what WWE is thinking. And 
I can't say they're thinking long term because they're not thinking long term. They never think long term. But anyway, um, they pretty much uh, shocked the fans. Where now they kept it. Um, now a another match may be coming. Probably hell in the cell. Maybe these two women will go into a cell or beat the bricks out of each other. Uh, but it's it's gonna be a good match to see again. Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. Uh, my little Mercedes. Um, I want. I'm rooting for her to win the belt and take it away from Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch to me is just a boring, just the same way as a fiance, Seth Rollins. To me, he's boring. He's just a, and they talk about all this nonsense. And, and first, and before I continue, what is it with all these wrestlers talking about they're the best in the planet? Seth Rollins always said that a, couple, a week ago, that he was the best in the planet. And then I heard Revival last night say, we're the best tag team in the planet. What is it with this best in the planet, Jack? You know? Um, until you show otherwise, you're not best of anything. You're stuck in WWE. WWE, uh, it's like they use you like Muppets. And they, you do what they tell you. So, it's just, um, you're not best in the planet. But anyway, uh, the Sasha backbreaking legend was pretty good. I, I, I'm looking forward for the next match. Probably, maybe... Hell in the Cell, which would be, like I said, I want to see them in the Hell in the Cell and the winner come out of that. Um, so then right after that, we had the WWE match between Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton. I didn't care much for this because this is like the third time I've seen them wrestle this year. They wrestled last week in Madison Square Garden uh, where I thought um, Kofi Kingston broke uh, Randy Orton's knees when he went and jumped from the railing into him on the... On the table and he took a bad bump on that I, I really didn't care for this I mean even though Randy was a technical methodic wrestler I like the way he wrestled and everything but who cares this and then you hear uh, somebody I think it was Michael Cole or whoever it was on commentating for Smackdown saying oh this is 10 years in the making no no it's not 10 years in the making they wrestled 10 years ago yeah but it was because they ended up wrestling it was just a little a little program that they work it, it wasn't all that so uh, back then it was a little bit actually let me correct myself that damn little few they had back 10 years ago was better than what is going right now this is just Kingston holds on to the belt and retains his title against Randy Orton now the question is who is he gonna defend the belt with now that he can still the world champion I still see the new day turning on him I see it happening I don't know when but it's gonna happen so Hopefully, you know, we'll get to see that, and we'll have we'll have a lot to talk about. Then this was a match that I don't know why it was in the card, because these, this match was not for no championship. It was a no disqualification match between Rowan Reigns and Eric Rowan. Why? Why? Why was this match on? Who cared? These guys know what they did with their feudal of punching each other. This was like watching the Braun Strowman against Roman Reigns. That's what it was. It was a, but the not different was it was Eric Rowan. You know, and then out of nowhere, Luke Harper popped out in the ending of the match. Pretty much kicked the crap out of Roman Reigns. So Luke Harper appeared after he hasn't wrestled since Jesus Christ since February in a main event match or whatever that he's sent home since April. And he sent a Twitter that he wanted he was wanted his release. All of a sudden he popped out. Did Luke Harper sign a new contract? If he did, he's a fool. Cause they're not gonna do nothing with you unless they put the break the wire family together again then that could happen that would be cool you know what i'm saying luke harper 
uh, Roman, um, Eric Rowan, and even Braun Strowman. Those guys belong in there. It will be a crazy faction to see them back all together. Now that Braun Strowman's a little season, you can say. Even though I'm not too crazy about him as a wrestler, even though he did a great move last night, which we'll, I'll talk about it later. But, you know, but who knows? Roman Reigns, I don't know. He lost again. Uh, I guess he's gonna now have to look for a tag team partner to have the Luke Hopper and Eric Rowan, the Bludgeon Brothers. The Bludgeon Brothers start together again, I guess. Who knows? There's a lot of crap going on that WWE's not explaining. And we're still, well, hands like, what happened? I'll be right back in a few. And we're back. And now we go to the last match of the night. And the last match of the night was the Seth Rollins versus John Strowman for the WWE Universal title. This was a back and forth match. Very high intensity match. At one point, Mr. Braun Strowman decided to do a full splash on top of Seth Rollins. And it was like a big buzz coming from the top of the rope. And I was like, I got to give him credit on that one. Did a decent move. I mean, it was like a big giant bus coming down Seth I don't know how the hell Seth got out of that. But he, um, these guys um, went at it. Um, but um, Strowman, he delivered a top rose blast that brought the crowd to its feet. Rollins got the shoulder up and the man and just enough time to prevent the loss. Rollins recovered, delivered a stomp for one count. The champ in disbelief delivered a second a two count and the third earned yet another near four. Strowman caught Rollins in a power slam move but Rollins escaped, dropped him with a pedigree and put the challenger away with a four stump for the successful title, title defense. So Rollins beat Strowman and now he goes up the ramp celebrating with the title. And out of nowhere, the lights go off and who pops out? The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Just what everybody predicted and what everybody was waiting for. Um, Bray Wyatt's new gimmick is very scary. It will scare the, any ordinary kid. Me, it's, it's scary. I like the what they're doing. Uh, but my question is, why are they giving this man a title shot so fast? The only person he's beaten has been Finn Balor. That's it. He hasn't fought anybody else in the in the, in the in the roster he hasn't gone through the competition so I don't understand why they, WWE is so quick to pull the trigger on The Fiend and Seth Rollins so, so what my understanding is now you're going to make Seth Rollins beat The Fiend or because I'm sure they're going to wrestle in Hell and Cell so is The Fiend going to beat Seth Rollins for the title we, we don't know we will know and we will never know, so who knows? But if they do decide to have Seth Rollins beat the Fiend, then you might as well forget about the Fiend character. It's all over. There's no point to it. You know what I'm saying? This guy has taken, has uh, pretty much has um, put a well good character that could go places. So if he loses to Seth Rollins, you guys just might as well forget he's done. I mean, they, no, I don't care who we, they put him in the ring with afterwards. It's not going to work nothing. So, who knows? But the Fiend shouldn't be getting title shot right now. You got to build him. Keep it, let him attack other wrestlers. Not attack the champion. Then, I don't know. WWE is greedy. They're desperate to meet the AEW effect. It's now 
in full effect because they they're trying to pull the trigger already on the on the hell in the cell match. I, I understand it. So, but in other news, uh, you guys heard about the big cat situation that happened on Saturday at Russell Pro. Uh, apparently, big cats got knocked the hell out because he was in the back in the locker room trying to intimidate people, uh, accusing people of stealing his. Um, sweater, his uh, clothes, whatever, and uh, a gentleman by the name of Pat Buck, who used to wrestle, who's now going to be working with the other as a producer, um, was confronted by Big Cass, and um, and Big Cass also confronted SCU, which was classic for Daniels, and apparently Big Cass decided that he wanted to be a tough guy, and asked Pat Buck, what are you going to do, tough guy? Blah blah blah, and ended up spitting at Pat Buck's face. Pat Buck, in return, because he figured, hey, you just spit at me, I got no choice, but I'm about to do this. And he knocked the hell out of Big Cash. Uh, Big Cash uh, then was con- fell on the floor, felt, was controlled by Pat Buck. Other wrestlers had to come in and pretty much separate them. Yeah, and Big Cash changed his whole demeanor afterwards, and there was claim that he was like, he didn't know why he was gone. He got punched, whatever, and apparently he went outside. He continued with his rhetoric and stuff and being hostile. The Broadway police had to come in and sat him down by a tree. Somebody put a picture up of him sitting down by the tree, told him about he wanted to harm himself. Now, Big Cass, I'm not, I was a big fan of his when he was with Enzo um, in the beginning, but then as I kept hearing him getting into stupid situation behind the scene, I started disliking him. And kind of asked myself, this guy's pretty much an asshole, just like his boy Enzo. Then they showed up at the, then he showed up at the Madison Square Garden, G1 Supercar, him and his partner Enzo started a big fight in the arena floor with the Briscoes and Bubba Ray Dudley. I don't know if that was a Ring of Honor trying to bring him in. But anyway, but besides that, if Big Cass has a depression problem, that he needs help. The guy, what he did this Saturday, pretty much you can say goodbye to your wrestling career. The fact that Christopher Daniel, who is the head of talent relationships at AEW, and other people, and um, Pat Buck, who happened to be, who's now a WWE producer, tells you that his wrestling career is over. And New Japan, I'm for sure, New Japan is not going to bring him in um, especially with the bullcrap that happened at the G1 Supercar, and you know he started him and his boy Enzo started some some Twitter war with the Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, I don't see them come. I feel bad for him as a person because depression is no joke. I just hope that he gets help and he is able to probably get a second chance in the wrestling community or wrestling you know, sport. But right now, Big Cash, you're in trouble. You just not only that, it's funny how he's doing all this noise, but Enzo is nowhere to be found. Uh, this whole thing, pretty much they say it started when he started, they claimed that he slapped Joey Janela at the at this WrestlePro Saturday, but they was, they shared the same locker room the night before at the New England Wrestling uh, event. New England Wrestling. So, what was his motive? What motivated him to do that? We will never know. Also, um... There's a uh, little report that I got that Killer Cross still having issues with Impact and a lot of Impact wrestling fans 
keep telling me, oh, we don't need Killer Cross. Killer Cross was over a three-year contract. He turned it down, whatever. Okay, guys, we could say, we could say this over and over again because we're reading this from Thursday, whatever. Let's talk about what is the real issue here. Why? Why is Killer Cross feeling some type of way? And again, I'm going to bring this up because Killer Cross, he knows that there were other wrestlers there in April or before that that were getting extra money under the table. So he feels, hey, you're doing it to that person. Why can I get under the table since I'm being in big spots and big storylines? Apparently, he wasn't happy about it. He talked about it in WrestleZone, which... I think you're not supposed to be talking about it, your contract situation to anybody, but at the same time, you got to understand the man because he's frustrated. And then when your own company, who has you contracted, tells you, oh, you want extra money, we'll allow you to go and compete in, in indies and all that. You'd be like, what? Like, that's how highly you think about me? But we won't know. But anyway, Killer Cross um, situation, one fan put, you might as well leave him let him go on Twitter and let him join Bullet Club. He responded back and say, bang, bang, not a bad idea. The next thing you know, he put a video of him putting himself in a shooting range. Killer Cross will be a great addition to Bullet Club. Believe it or not, he'll be a great addition. But who knows? Because what I'm getting also is the impact is trying to work a deal with New Japan where they can work in the programming, they can work together the promotion. But there's other words around that David Boy Smith Jr. talked about how New Japan does not want to work with Impact. We don't know. But if Impact and New Japan gets together, Killer Cross could be part of the Bullet Club. Why not? Right? Once this contract is over, he can stay in New Japan. That's it. Everybody's happy. Everybody's Everybody benefits out of everything, but it is what it is. But I give you everything you want to hear today. My name is the Ultimate One. I'm coming to you live from New York City. And um, this podcast, this is the end of it. But I want to thank all my supporters, all my peoples who has bothered to listen to this podcast. The people in England, people in Portugal, people in India, people in Canada. Um, and the list goes on. I want to thank everybody. The subscribers here in the United States, Pennsylvania, Texas, Georgia, uh, New York, Massachusetts, Florida. I want to thank all you guys for supporting this podcast. I hope that you keep supporting it. I also have a YouTube channel wrestling podcast called The Ultimate One Wrestling News. Um, I just added a video there about three days ago talking about Impact and the Access Channel deal that they had. Good content. If you guys like it, subscribe to it. Push the notification bell to get more uploads. If you listen to that podcast that I put out three days ago, give me your comments. Give me your feedback on that. Let me know what you think of it. And I will continue to support all you wrestling fans because I know it's a lot of things going on every day. I figure today, jump on this. Get this Clash of the Champion review out of the way because tonight we got Raw. So we'll see what happens. But I want to thank everybody for supporting. I am your host, the Ultimate One, coming to you live from New York City. And until next time, you have a good night. Thank you.